10時You're listening to CITR F1102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, brand new from Thor with Sleigh Rider. Yes, Canada's metal legend Thor is back with a Christmas LP. And we heard the track Sleigh Rider. By Thor on Deadline Records. Thor, Christmas in Valhalla. Sleigh Rider, thank you so much, Thor, for this record. Today in the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Calpurnia, who are playing tonight in Vancouver, B.C. at the Vogue Theatre, and also playing tomorrow night at the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. But before we get to 
Calpurnia. Right now, here is a record that was sent to me by Cal from the Plimptons. Friend, A.J. Smith. Cal also hung around CITR Radio, and he plays on this record, but this is actually sent to me by A.J. Smith, formerly of the Plimptons. And he says... I've sent you the latest LP by one of my other groups, the Hector Collectors. I hope you like it. Former Plimptons, MJ Smith, Joseph, and Cal Murray, who I believe hung out in Vancouver at CITR with you, all play on it. The album is our attempt at writing an indie pop 60s beat style pop record about the tedious culture wars of the 2010s. I'll email you a digital link, too, but we'd like you to have the vinyl. And you are going to hear the listeners of the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, the vinyl version. Kind regards and appreciation, A.J. Smith, Adam James Smith. So we're going to hear the Hector Collectors drowning in Dorito chips, brand new from the Hector Collectors. And then an interview with Calpurnia from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
I'm I'm Finn. That's what I would like to say. I'm Finn. <laughs> Finn, could you please introduce the band? Uh, this is Ayla. I'm Ayla. Uh, that's Jack. Hello, I'm Jack. And that's Pinky Malcolm. Hi, I'm Malcolm. Welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Calpurnia. Thank you. It's great nice to, to be, be back. Yeah. In our homeland. At the studio known as? Uh, Hipposonic. Hipposonic. Yes. Hipposonic. And to welcome you back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, right off the bat, I have an original Beatles poster. No, you do oh, not. From 1964 for you guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Nardwar. Now, that's especially important to you, Ayla, because that's how you and Jack bonded. This is true. For a Beatles book? Absolutely. That's we used to true. draw on it all the time. In grade three, we got put beside each other in class because we go to school together. And she had this Beatles book. It was like a blue book. And then we would just like scribble in it and draw and then like talk about the music. And that's how we bonded. And now for your practice space, there is a cool 1964 Beatles poster to put up. Yep. An original. An original. Yeah. That Yeah. I mean... 
We have a bunch of, I mean, Ayla has a bunch of posters in there, but they're, I, I, how many, do you have any originals down there? Yeah. I have, I have a few. I have the original 1967 Richard Avedon print of a photograph he took of them. And I also have an original David Bowie concert poster from 1983, which is pretty cool. And people might have seen those in a Calpurnia video. Yes. Full <laughs> circle. Yeah. Were you covered twin? Peaks. Peaks. And we have a Twin Peaker here. We have a Twin Peak. Right behind. What is going on here? Please introduce that guy. That is Cadian Lake wow. James from <laughs> Twin Peaks. He's the lead guitarist and singer in Twin Peaks. And you are actually making music here at Hipposonic. Yes. All together. Yeah. The family is back and we're making making some hits. And Finn, going way back, you went to the same elementary school as Grimes? How did you know that? Uh, you're Finn. We have to know. Yeah, that's true. You do. Yeah, that, when I found that, I was in sixth grade when I found that out. I, I was like, because it's such a little school. I went to uh, ICS um, in Dunbar, uh, this little elementary school. Uh, and uh, I was, I, I, I had no idea that Grimes went there until I was in sixth grade. And I was like, whoa. Um, and now she's dating Elon Musk or is it married to Elon Musk? It's over. Oh, is it over? Oh, this is so yeah. awesome. Oh, well, Grimes is aw- I mean, Grimes is still awesome. Have you met Grimes? No, but I'd love to. She's amazing. Would we- you like to say anything to Grimes right now? Uh, we love you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's we're, We we share uh, some things in common, I guess. <laughs> Same neighborhood. Going way back, what is going on in this photo right here? <laughs> um, oh, boy. oh, my God. Could you please explain? Um... This is, oh my God, this is um, me and Malcolm uh, and Ayla, and it's Katie, and I don't remember her name. Was <laughs> it Charlotte? Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte and Will Jagger. Uh, these guys are brother and sister, and this is kind of our first uh, at rock school with David Beckham, our first Yep, that's of. where we met, in rock school, and this is the picture to prove it. And yeah. David Beckingham David of Beckingham. Hey Ocean. Yeah. yeah, of Hey Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm looks like he knows something that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Gillespie, Owen Sound? Oh yes. God, yeah. Yep, yeah. that's him. That's the one. Yeah. Wow. Gary Gillespie. Yeah, I never... Gary's great. I never had a lot of classes with him, but I had more classes with David. But. I had a lot of classes with Gary. Very nice guy. Also, hey. Dave... Very nice guy. Yeah, Ayla and I did a rock camp separate from that Dare to Dream photo. Um, <laughs> See, he even knows the band yeah, name. I do know that I'm jealous because I wasn't in it. Yeah. No, I'm just what kidding. do you remember about that pic, Malcolm? What do you remember? I remember taking it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was out in the... It was, yeah. It was out back. It was out in the parking lot out back, and I felt pretty awkward doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, we also took... I remember we took... That photo, which ended up being the photo, but there's also a photo where we went on the staircase and we couldn't we couldn't look natural, so we had to move it down to the. I have a Dropbox wall. folder of all of the pictures, and one day I might release them slowly one by one. And Finn, your dad was a BC cycling champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Whoa. Uh. Yeah, he was. He raced in Quebec, and um. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. Does that run in a family? Uh, no. I yeah. I, I mean, when I was more athletic when I was younger, and then um, I found uh, music and arts, and I just stopped running. <laughs> so now I, 
anything. Yeah, I stopped doing any uh, any athletics. Uh, but yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, our legs are better than our arms. The Wolfhard's legs are better than our Wolfhard's arms. Quote that. Yeah. Quote Frame that. that. Put it over your. I don't have good upper body strength. I Ayla's beat me in a couple of arm wrestles before, so. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and your dad also wrote some screenplays for 20th Century Fox? Uh, yeah. I think so. I mean, he's written scripts. I think he optioned a few, but I don't... Uh, like Saint of Hearts? What? Wait. government not hired you yet? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I've never read it, but, uh, yeah, he optioned that, uh... And yeah, he gentleman of the shade. <laughs> How the fuck do you know about gentleman of the shade? Uh, yeah. If anyone's watching 20th Century Fox, if you're watching, buy gentleman of the shade up. It's so fucking good. Um, yeah. Jesus. Uh, he. Um, yeah. He's he's written a lot of great scripts, and he's been uh, trying to make them for years. And Jack, you saw me at Neptune Records. I saw you at Neptune Records. It was the greatest moment in my life, and I was very scared to say hi. Uh, on Record Store Day. Hey, yes, it was Record. And actually, I have a present for you right now. An actual poster, a promo poster for you, Jack. A ripped promo poster oh. of Joe Jackson. Uh, a ripped promo poster. You know what? The the rip is cool. I like it. An original promo poster. That's amazing. That's amazing. For again, your pra- would that be for the practice room? How do you decide what's for the practice room? Put that in your bedroom. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I do. I do have some. I do have some posters in my yeah. bedroom. Love it and cherish it. Thank you, Nardwar. I appreciate that. And also, your mom, like we're excited. Calpurnia. Calpurnia. Yes. But your mom loves Calpurnia so much that she moved your record. She moved. Yes, she did. Um, yeah, we were at Urban Outfitters in L.A. near Hollywood. Um, it was like five days after our record came out, and the Coldplay records were in front of the Calpurnia records at Urban Outfitters. Wait, so my is mom. This was- is this the? Is this post? Uh, what is it called? The one that uh, the Spanish-sounding one, post-Spanish sounding Coldplay. No, yeah, yeah, before <laughs> it, before it, before Los, Lo, um, whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, and so my mom takes all of our records and puts them in front of the Coldplay, Coldplay. ones. So <laughs> sorry, Coldplay. Sorry, sorry, Coldplay. Coldplay. We're coming in. <laughs> we're coming for you guys, yeah. if that's okay. Finn, what's the importance of the dry spot? Oh my God! Uh, dry spot is an awesome, um, an awesome skate park that closed. Uh, it wasn't DIY, but it was uh, 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 the only indoor skate park. Now there's one in Tawasim, but the only indoor skate park I would spend a lot of my days there. Um, yeah, doing a lot of skateboarding. Ben Chipper, Monkey Skateboard. Monkey Skateboards. Ben Chipper, shout out. He's amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but I don't know. Yeah, they closed it down, which is a bummer. But Pop really helped. I mean, you met Malcolm during that video shoot, but also the director. Did he help you get a visa? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically, yeah. He he signed, uh, or he he yeah he definitely helped contribute getting my work visa Big for America. Jeremy, uh, he, he also did our video, but he also started the first mosh pit at one of our concerts. Oh, he was true. he was the first mosh pit starter at a Calpurnia show. This is true. And I think there also was a van in a pub video shoot, wasn't there? There was a, uh, I think I know where you're going with this. There was a van. There was a van. And I have a gift for you, Finn, right here. 
Macy from the local band Needles Pins. Yes. Yes, that is her. I mean, that, that was her van. That is her van. Yes. Could you explain about the connection between Needles Pins and the pub video? I, well, I think I don't know the backstory, but I think Jeremy, the director, is friends with Needles and uh, Needles and Pins, or uh, or Macy, uh, or maybe Pup is. We needed a van, so we used her van. Uh, yeah, it's the mushroom, <coughs> mushroom, uh, mushroom on the side. Yeah. It's great. Mushroom windows. Shout out to Macy. Shout out to Macy. And that is for you, a gift. Thank you. Oh my God, this is awesome. And you are Finn from Calpurnia. And Stranger Things. And Stranger Things. And right beside you, you have a... La. Ayla. Ayla. Ayla, I thought as well I would give another gift to you for your practice space. Another poster. This is for Calpurnia right here. Because I know... You love this gentleman right here, a Jimi Hendrix poster. Oh, I do love him very much. Machine gun. Machine gun. Thank you, Nardwa. Why do you like machine gun? Well, I mean... And why will this Jimi Hendrix poster be cooler than anything except the Beatles poster and Joe Jackson poster? Firstly, the colors. Secondly, it's the Jimi Hendrix experience. And also, machine gun is a very important social commentary that I think is still relevant today, sadly. And it's a great song. And the guitar solo is insane. And it's the best. And right beside you, Ayla, you have, well, the Jack and then... Malcolm. 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 And Malcolm, you saw one of Blondie's roadies with a shirt off? Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, it taught me the real... Uh, the moments of the music industry that really are important <laughs> and and then like uh later that day my dad and um are and your dad my dad and um menno our friend from Colorado, um went into their trailer after they ditched out and stole all their booze they didn't want to say hi to us. We knocked no. on the trailer politely. We're like, hey, would it be okay if yeah, we could, you know, just... Him, and that's yeah. why I saw him with yeah. his shirt off. But he's, so, like... To, to be fair, Debbie Harry was in, like, three casts, so I don't think she was really down to talk to a bunch of squealy teens. She brought... She broke three... She broke two arms and one leg. Yeah. No, two legs and one arm, I think. Hey, you're close. Poor Debbie Harry. Shout out to Debbie Harry. She's, she's really cool. It's okay. We understand. We're not that offended because we got to see a shirtless roadie. And so you're on the same gig. Calpurnia. Yeah. Right. Calpurnia. I'm Blondie. In honor. Blondie. You also like Ariel Pink? Yes. I do. I love that guy. Shout out to Ariel Pink. <laughs> and I have a gift for you, Malcolm, right here. Ariel Pink, his picks, volume one of his favorite R. Stevie Moore tracks. <laughs> Whoa. And it's on pink vinyl. Whoa. That- Actually, it is Ariel Pink's favorite R. Stevie Moore, who has amazing tracks. So it's on pink vinyl. Amazing. Well, it makes sense. His name's Ariel Pink. Exactly. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> Thank you. For Halloween, did you go as Peter Chris? Peter Chris, um... Oh, Kiss. Yeah, I did. And no. the funny thing is, <laughs> so funny. I did like Kiss at the time. <laughs> Speaking of Halloween, Finn, have people dressed up as you for Halloween? Have you seen you during Halloween? I'm um, not in real life, but I've seen pictures, yes. <laughs> How were they? How did people do? Good. Yeah, really good. I uh, A lot of girls go as me. Because, I guess, uh, well, I don't know. A lot of girls go as me. A lot of guys go as me. You're a cute boy. I'm a cute boy. <laughs> He's just a, just a real cute boy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you are Finn of? 
Calpurnia. Calpurnia. Per. Ni. E. Ah. Ah. Rand and Fowler Insurance. Uh. Yeah. Fun employed was shot there. Oh my god. Uh yes, it was. I Oh my god, that's the Minimum Max show. That is. Oh my god. Uh yeah, so um yeah, I just did this little uh sketch uh and uh I we were in this neighborhood and I was just like, uh can we film my friend coming out of your insurance place? And they said, "Yeah." And they were really nice. And uh yeah. Yeah. Windsor Market. Windsor Market. Great meats. Shout out to Windsor Market. Shout out to Big Speed across the street from Windsor Market. Big Speed to Big? Big Speed House, yes, with Ellen and Earl. Yes. And Finn, I have another gift for you right here. It is a Mort Garson CD. Oh. Mort Garson CD. Thank you so much. What can you tell the people about Mort Garson? Uh, Mort Garson is an incredible uh, composer. He was a huge in the mini Moog and uh, or Moog in general, um, and the synth movement in Canada. Uh, I don't remember where he's from. Is he from Montreal? I think he's from Nova Scotia. He's from Nova Scotia, and he did a fantastic album called Plantasia. That's actually our walk-on music. Um, and uh, one called Zodiac. He's done tons of stuff over the years. I don't know if he's still alive. Um, this is him doing the musical Hair on Moog. I'm going to love this. This is amazing. <laughs> do you have a Yamaha reface? I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's broken, but yeah. I The speaker broke, but yeah. How did you, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you are Finn. We have to know. We have to know. I asking how he knows, because he knows. He knows, he knows he it all. Where do you get your records? Was your first record bought at Red Cat Records in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? And was it really an arcade fire? Yeah, it was. The first, uh, record I ever bought was, uh, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire at Red Cat Records. Um, and funny, going back to the Yamaha Reface, I got that because of a recommendation from Mac DeMarco because I asked him for synth recommendations and he gave me the Yamaha Reface uh, CS and that's why I have it. And he lived in Vancouver for a couple of years. And he lived in Vancouver. He lived in Killarney. First in Killarney. Yeah. You visit? How did you know that? We, How did you know that? <laughs> we have to know. He's Mac DeMarco. We have to know. You said it in your interview with him. 41st in Killarney. Oh, I should review my notes then. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, we also talked to him about living in Vancouver and stuff, but yeah. California Spend Time Palace. Spend Time Palace, our friends. You did the video for them. I did, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of inspired by the Goonies? Yeah, uh, weirdly. Uh, we were uh, working on it, and we were watching a lot of Goonies, and I was watching a lot of Goonies, and uh, yeah, definitely inspired it, but... And actually, I have a gift for you right here. An original Goonies soundtrack. Oh, my God. From 1985. <laughs> Thank you. I love this movie. This is my favorite. On it, there is the Goon Squad. Yeah. Jesus. And also, not to leave out the rest of the bandmates, you know, because you guys love the Goonies, too. Right? It's my favorite movie ever. Yeah, I've Does Malcolm like the Goonies? Yeah, I've seen it, and I loved it, yeah. It's a good one. Well, I have for you some original, right here, Goonies pins from 1985. Thank That's you. That's crazy. Those original promo pins from 85. Amazing. Not remade, but original. original. Goonie of the week. Go <laughs> he is, she is the Goonie of the week. I have 
another gift for you guys for your band room. That's lovely. To decorate the band. Is a band room important? Yeah. Very. It's our home. Because you have sh- people can see the band room. Yeah. That's doing okay. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yes. Videos. Yeah. And we are here at Hipposonic. Studios. With a Twin Peak yeah. dude. <laughs> recording. You are stopping recording for me. For you. For an interview. Stop what a lot honor. of things to talk to you. Uh, but I have a gift for you guys right here. It is a Finn action yeah. figure. Yes. That's for you. Uh, what can you explain, Finn, about this action figure? This is- Could it go on the mantle? Uh, oh, yeah. Eddie, this is, this is a stocking stuffer for sure. Uh, if you celebrate Christmas and if you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah, but it ended, I'm pretty sure. Um, did it end? It did. It did, it did end. Did. How did they do? Uh, it's pretty good. You my eyes are a little, s- yeah, my eyes are a little small, but other than that, I'd say pretty good detail. Because it comes with also a whole bunch of, like, accessories, including oh. a hand. What is, there's another hand. Why does he need another hand? Uh, that's what I was wondering. That's, that's I question. guess that's an extra hand if you want to switch out the hands. Can you switch out the hands? They, they, on they set, on the hand. set of Stranger Things, they didn't like um, Finn's original hand. Uh, so, hand, um, do- hand halfway, double. Yeah, yeah. halfway through the, um, the recording, they had to chop off his hand and, and replace it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I got the story wrong. Yeah, that, what, what he said. But there's quite a bit of Stranger Things stuff, like a pillow, a voodoo doll. Do you get any kickback for any of that? No. I hope that there's no body pillow of me, though. That would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you've said it, though, it's going to happen. It's going to show up on Redbubble, I'm sure. I noticed also that that action figure, you can really bend it, can't you? Yeah, but I'm not flexible in real life, too. So You do have some good moves, don't you? Uh, is there a fin dance? Oh, kind of, yeah. I would say there is. What is a fin dance? Yeah, I do. I do a thing where, like, uh, with my friends Grace and Maggie, where uh, I wait for a song to build up and drop until we go, and you can hear everything rustle in our pockets so that it there's just silence in the room. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the fin dance. And copy it at home. Do the fin dance. Do the Urkel. Jack from Calpurnia. Yes. That is- Blue Star Donuts. In Portland, Oregon, yes. The the superior donut shop in Portland, Oregon. Most people go to Voodoo Donuts in Portland. But Blue, Blue Star is where it's at. I go to Portland a lot. I have so. to agree with Jack. Blue yeah, Star. Blue Star is way better than Not Voodoo. Not to put down Voodoo, but... Voodoo's cool. Uh, Blue Star is really good, yeah. too. Oh, what about Red Mill Burgers? <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite burger place in Seattle. Uh, yeah, they have awesome shakes, and they have a mountain of bacon in the back. What about PD's Hot Shop, where they sell lots of skateboards? Have you been there ever? Is that in Gastown? It's actually on four, uh, t- Broadway or 10th, near UBC. The, the, the Skull? Skull Skates, yeah. Oh, yeah. Skull Skates. Yeah, skull Skates. Yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. Around the corner. Around the corner. Cash only. Cash only. Cash only. Have you used cash there? I have. I bought wheels there when I was younger. You you gave a shirt to someone with of the Skull Skates logo. I can't remember who this it was. This guy's done his homework, too. Was Amazing. So- Tyler, the creator. That was yeah. it. That's right. That was it. Yeah, Skull Skates. Skull, shout out the Skull Skates. Skull Skates. Skull Skates. Amazing skate shop. Shout them yep. out for sure. What about Antisocial Skateboard Shop? Antisocial is amazing on Maine. Rick McCrank owns it. Michelle. Michelle. Great yeah. people. Uh, we also went to a documentary screening. Um, our friend yeah. Josiah Marshall from Whitney, his girlfriend, uh, Amanda Marshall, um, did a, 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 a documentary um, about... <laughs> 
about about Palestine and a girl who was like a news broadcaster, but she's like 12, and then she just shot it on her iPhone and lived with them. But we went and the screening was at Antisocial Skateboard Shop. And you guys love all ages gigs, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're not a fan of... Uh, gigs of, we can't get into. Yeah, we're not a fan of gigs we can't cannot, cannot get into. Because on Main Street, just down from Antisocial, is a red gate. Have you heard of the red gate? No, actually. Well, I have a gift for you to remind you of the red gate, where you can play a gig. There is a compilation tape for the red gate. 38 bands that play a great, amazing, all-ages place in Vancouver called the Red Gate. Gate. Also, I have as well a pin from the Red Gate to give to you guys. Oh my! Nice. Calpurnia beat the Red Gate. Is it still is it still around? It is still around. Still doing gigs. You could actually play at the Red Gate. In fact, you are kind of associated with the Red Gate now because one of the bands opening for your gig that's coming up is Garbage Dreams, Garbage. who do a lot of gigs at the Red Gate. At the Red Gate. So. It'd be amazing for you to play the Red Gate, but that is a gift for I'd you. Love Thank to. You. Yeah, well... On Main Street, All Ages Gigs, Vancouver. Right, yes. Speaking of All Ages, how old are you? I'm 17. I'm 16. 17. I'm 15 and 16 in a week. The Strange Witch. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Hellman's. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that. Oh, yeah. I just heard Katie and go, oh, my God. <laughs> I... Yeah, I did uh I did a Hellman's commercial and made a sandwich with mayonnaise. It was really gross actually. Um on a waffle? Y- on a waffle. I like no, I can say that. No, I now that I'm done I love Hellman's. Uh shout out to Hellman's. Uh thanks for letting me do that. I like Hellman's on sandwiches, but when you put that on a waffle and syrup it's fucking disgusting. Um <laughs> and none of us could say it because, like, we were all being paid to be there. And at one point, I was like, I just let it slip. And I was like, I was, like, mixing it up. And I was like, this is gross, dude. And then everyone was just, like, everyone was, like, quiet. And, like, everyone was just nodding to each other, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is gross. But we can't say anything because we're all being paid to be here. But thank you, Hellman's. I love the name Strange Witch. The Strange Witch. Yeah, it's nice and halloween That kind of sounds like another band. Strange Witch. <laughs> Billionaire Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You broke his skateboard? Dude. Uh, yeah, yeah that's it's true. in a YouTube video. You asked him to. Yeah, I broke his skateboard because I, uh, I, I'd never you done it. You were asked to? I was asked because he, it was old and gross and he needed a new one so he didn't see a point and so he said, Finn, I'm going to film you breaking my skateboard and he this did. This is the moment you become a man. Yes. And you felt sorry for him so you got him into the barracks? Yes. What? Whoa. Uh... I don't even know if people knew that he went to the barracks. Oh, he made it, he, uh, maybe he did a vlog on it. Um, yeah, I, because of that, I had, uh, like, you know, I have people, or not people, but I know the people at the barracks, and, uh, I got him into the barracks. Uh, it's this private skate park in Los Angeles, and it's great, owned by, uh, Steve Barron, Eric Austin, and, yeah, man, I did. You're recording here with Calpurnia at Hipposonic. The pointed sticks are recorded here. The young Canadians have recorded here. What do you think about punk? Like the punk episode of Stranger Things when Eleven got punkified. What do you think about punk? You are qualified to comment on that. I am qualified. I love punk. Um, I, I'm wearing a pup shirt underneath. Uh, yeah, represent old shirt, but uh, yeah, I love punk. I love um, 
my mom when when I was younger I was or I love my mom. No, I do love my mom. But uh, my mom's friend uh, played DOA for me when I was young. Um, yeah. Well, I so like for Stranger Things when they're venturing into punk. What do you think of that? Like, do you give any comments? No comment. <laughs> no comment on that episode. Row boys. Yeah. Row boys. That's true. There is a such. God. <laughs> uh, so that's so. Uh, uh, yeah, row boys. We uh, me and the kids, the it kids. Uh, cause there's a scene where we're all in our underwear, not like that, but we have to jump into a lake and, uh, we all had robes on. And so we had, uh, a group called the Robe Boys. Just a bunch of boys in robes. Just a bunch of boys in robes. Robe Boys. Finn, what's it like to get bitten by Pennywise? Amazing. Oh God. And he has amazing lips too. Bill Skarsgård's so hot. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I haven't been bit by him, so we'll see. Maybe I will in the next movie. Maybe I, maybe I won't. And Finn, here we are with Cal Pernia at Hippo Sonic Sound the Studio Sound. <laughs> yes. Who is in the room right now? Who is that gentleman right there? Well, we have uh, Cal Pernia, and we have Cadian. And could you come over here, Cadian? Yeah. Who is Cadian? Cadian is from our favorite, one of our favorite band, Twin Peaks. Uh, Kadian, what can you say about this band right here? What can you say first about Finn? Uh, well, he's a lovely, lovely lad, very kind fellow, and a talented dude. Uh, sure. What can you say about Ayla? Also a lovely young lass, and a kind girl, and a talented dude. Thank you, dude. And what can you say about Jack? Well, he's a lovely young lad and a, a kind guy and a really talented dude. Thank you. And Malcolm, what can you say about Cadian? Um, Cadian's large, and um, <laughs> at first he's intimidating, <laughs> oh. but but then you get to know him, and he's very sweet. And Jack? About Cadian? Very nice guy. Um, likes his likes his house music right now, and he's a very sweet dude. <laughs> I do like house music right now. And Elon, what can you say about Cadian? He's one of the few people who can actually pull off glasses like that, like, so well. He kills it. It it's works. The They're so nice to me. <laughs> Finn, what can you say about Cadian? He, uh, he's a, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you I... listen to his prompts. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I say I'm like his parent. He has a big influence. I am, I am the producer. He is the producer, and he is, he is the godfather. He is my, go- he is my godfather. And you are also a DJ, Jar Jar Binks? Uh, it's actually DJ <laughs> Qui-Gon Spin. Are you DJ Qui-Gon Smith? I have many DJ aliases. I'm not a very talented DJ. I'm working on it each time I spin, uh, but I like to play records. And you are from Chicago. I'm from the Windy City, indeed. And I have a gift for you, Cadian, right here. An original Wayne's World pin for you. And why is this important to me? Because you love... Wayne's World. And it's based in... Outside of Chicago, Aurora. Pretty close. What, yes. uh, have you been to locations of Wayne's World? How much of a fan well, are you? I've I've ridden past in on Irving uh, Irving Road, Irving Park. Uh, there's a I think it's called Joe's. There's like a restaurant they pass in the sequence where they're singing Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's the closest I've come to seeing something from the movie. I haven't and, been down to Aurora. And here is an original promo pin from 1992 for Wayne's World for you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Katie, and do do loo do do do. What can you say about the early era of Finn? 
he was smaller. It's <laughs> true. What else will you say? He. I'm curious. Oh boy. You know what? He's actually pretty much the same now, but just a little bit more 16 year old ish. You know? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Malcolm, you were there at Bandcamp. What is the difference between Finn now and Finn then? Um, well, his jokes have gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What does that mean? Well, he's becoming 16. Uh, no, wait, um, you are. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were tiny. Yeah. I used to refer to you as tiny, and now you're, you're much bigger now. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you for growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, he's, he stayed a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. What was Malcolm like back then? Um, way quieter. Even more quieter than now. Yeah. <laughs> he, wa- he hardly even talked. I mean, I, I remember meeting him and being like, does he like me? Like, is he, like, pissed? Or, like, but just, like, he was just, like, didn't talk. And, like, then, like, the more we got to know each other, the more he talked. And then he opened up. And now he is the most outspoken and honest person I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> From Cal. Per. Me. Ah. Ah, ah, you also have the song Louie, don't you? Louie. We do, Louie. Louie, yeah. all about Louie Louie? No. <laughs> no. Two different well, I mean, originally it was because it was kind of Lou Reedish sounding, which, uh, you know, like this guy, Lou Reed, and then it's like Lou, and then if you add an E at the end, it's Louie, and if you take away the Reed part, it's just Louie. <laughs> Lou was in the Velvet Under... Ground. Underground. And I have a gift for you, lastly, Calpurnia, an original no, 1967 not. Velvet Underground poster from Vancouver Whoa. with them playing the Retinal Circus in Vancouver. Wow. I'll oh cry God. when the camera's off. <laughs> sort of band space. Velvet Underground. Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Calpurnia. Calpurnia. Yes. Calpurnia, anything else to add to the people out there at all? Thank you for watching. Uh, it's awesome. It's an honor to be here uh, with Nardwar, and thank you so much for doing this with us. In gold. <laughs> <laughs> Why should people care about Calpurnia? Why should people care? Because um, we're young, and uh, uh, we're, you know, I I had a show, and and uh, uh, that people recognized, and I already had a set audience. And I got the opportunity to start a band with my friends and have that uh, audience already. Um, and we're really proud to say that we're young people that are successful and that uh, we're just a rock and roll band that want to have fun and want to make people dance and nothing else. And like, uh, I think that that's really important in the world right now. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks very much, Calpurnia. Keep on rocking in the free world. And <laughs> do do loot do. You see you driving around town with your chip on your shoulder. Well, let's see who gets the last laugh. 
You're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Calpurnia with Louie. And before that, an interview with Calpurnia. And before that, two tracks, two tracks from the Hector Collectors. We heard It Takes a Lot to Laugh, It Takes 25 Minutes. And a response video to destroy your argument. And before that, we heard Drowning in Dorito Chips by the amazing Hector Collectors. So yes, we heard Drowning in Dorito Chips. It takes a lot to laugh. It takes a 25-minute response video to destroy your argument. We have track two on the new Hector Collectors LP. And I thought we would play... Another selection, yes, another selection featuring Cal Wiseman Murphy, who actually, sorry, how dare I say Murphy? Because I was thinking of Chris Murphy from the rock and roll band Sloan. But there is actually a bit of connection. Well, sort of. Cal Murray is now living in Newfoundland, which is kind of closer, at least is on the East Coast, to Nova Scotia, where Chris Murphy of Sloan is from, although Chris lives in Toronto now. But we're going to hear Cal Murray playing guitar and backing vocals on this track right here called Just Lovely by the Hector Collectors. And then... As alluded to in the interview with Calpurnia, my interview with Mac DeMarco. And you can check out Calpurnia tonight at the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver, B.C., Canada, or tomorrow night in Vancouver, B.C., Canada at the Vogue Theatre with special guest Garbage Dreams and Milk. So right now, here are the Hector Collectors featuring Cal on guitar and backing vocals, and then an interview with Mac DeMarco on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. The figure in the corner of the screen melts in 1929 and the man with the username Leeson Windfarm presses Control alt delete and walks towards the door. By 1931 he's already outside and phoning the order. 20 minutes to prepare, 20 minutes till he walks there if he dawdles. Teenagers look through Leeson as he passes off licenses. No longer seen as a likely booze piñata, his full adult demeanour profits him and yet distances him. Early noughties chick-lit novels congeal in the window of a closed Salvation Army as Leeson lingers briefly in a 24-hour shop at the end of the high street before turning the corner past the library and into the deep suburbia at the heart of which burns his initial destination of the Blue Spice Curry House and Takeaway. The in-betweeners looks endlessly on E4. Nostalgia and waiting alternately flick past and alighted upon by various couch figures, some of whom call half-heartedly to the kitchen to ask if they can do to help. And somewhere in a bedroom nearby, a 19-year-old explains basic physics with a balloon in HD to his 93 subscribers. His guileless articulacy would irritate Leeson if he knew of this, but Leeson's thoughts are fragmented and impractical. Formless, they flash around him. 
An image of a Bjork-haired girl in a neo-neural box room with pink furry handbags made in VHS, Joe Guest and Shonen Knife and Peter Cook's last round of appearances as Mark Radcliffe gestures on a white stage. Channel 4's late-night schedule of 97, like Fraser Friends and Father Ted at Friday as we pull back the generation to catch Sabrina's boys blasting up a bullet killer Walkman and the light grey tarmac in the hubbub of summer of 88. Dispersed by an image of the time an 18-year-old Leeson, the demi-tape by Project Quartermaster, clasped in his pocketed but never revealed hand, managed to sustain a three-and-a-half-minute conversation with Shampoo's manager, which at the time left him awaited with new possibilities, but now just leaves a slow-burning cringe. A cringe only pacified now by the hot meal with add-ons class just as tightly in the present-day Leeson's hand, and it looks like he might just have made it once again. Mac DeMarco. Mac DeMarco, welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Feels good to be back, baby. And right off the bat, I have a gift for you. Cool. A couple gifts. Here we have something. Merry Christmas, uh, Mr. Lawrence DeMarco. And also a Yuki. Uh, a Yuki. Underneath it, we have a record by Yuki. Yuki Yukihiro Takahashi. Oh, romantic. This one's great. I don't have this one. Yeah, please tell the people about these records and the importance to Mac DeMarco. This guy plays drums in YMO. This guy, uh, well, is he on the cover? There he is. Plays a synth and uh, does a couple vocals. There you go. Great band. Very important to I love this. I love these guys a lot. And check out the insert in the Yukuhiro record. It's amazing. It's got like extra. Do you like inserts in records? It's one of the best parts of getting records. Like if you pull it way open there, you can see some extra little excitement. Check out the insert. Oh. Extra little bonus. Ooh, look at that. So why do you like his stuff again? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just I've never really got into any kind of electronic music or synthesized music. But then I started buying all these synthesizers. I started making a little guap. And if you want synth music, you know this is the best place to go. So. YMO. That's nice, too, with the watercolors, huh? It is. Yeah. A special package for Mac. DeMarco. So welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia. Canada. You can put that down. <laughs> Mac DeMarco, you lived with Ryan from Green Burrito Records in a hot water closet? A hot... The street. But uh, in that room, we had two 
double mattresses right beside it. It kind of looked like a Best Western in there. Yeah. It was a hot water closet, though. Please explain. It was a silk screen place, a hot water closet. You're underestimating it. It was like you come in the front. The front room had, uh, yeah, screen printing stuff in it. And you go through big living room. But if you wanted to get to my room, you turn the corner real quick. And there's, yeah, the water closet. You squeeze beside there. And there's just a, a, a futon that we, we both had slept on over the years. And, um... Yeah, it was not the nicest place to live, but it was really cheap, so it was okay. Mac DeMarco, you've only put drumsticks up your ass once, right? Only once. That's true, but I put something else up my butt in Vancouver a while ago at Ochi in Chinatown, which was my thumb. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you about. We have some documentation from that night by Steve Louie here. A photo is an Emily Carr after party. Could you explain what's going on here, please? Uh, yeah, this is, this, this is Ochi, I guess. This is, here's my friend Victor. And, uh, yeah, the boys and everybody. I don't really know. I, we got really, really drunk before this show. And as you can see right here, I mean, you know, it's just kind of a shock factor style thing. show was going a little bit weird. At this time, we weren't the, the tightest band ever. So, you know, you kind of got to uh, wow the crowd somehow. But as you can see, Victor was just about to really give the finger that extra push. And it was disgusting. It's not really bad. And I think uh, some people were probably offended, but maybe others enjoyed it. I don't know. Now, not only did the finger smell bad, it also tasted bad. You sucked on the thumb, the finger? I actually forgot about that part, but yes, I, I did. Yeah, I did. Poo banging. Yeah, poo banger. Yeah. So has there been more poo banging on this tour? Uh, when, well, we have this thing. When we play a really weird show, like we played a show in Quebec a little while ago, it's not the same, same poo banging, uh, you know, but it's... Uh, we have a, it's kind of like our band within a band. When we're feeling a little bit weird and the crowd is weird, that's called a poo banger set. That, and that night, our band is called Poo Banger. Mac DeMarco, did you break Mish from White Lung's Orbital Bone wrestling her at Honey Lounge? That, that was my drummer, Joe. I, I remember it very clearly. He was kind of standing out in a corner, and he looked kind of like he was kind of lurched over, like smiling, like, eh, really weird. Next thing I know, jolts across the room. Mish is playing a set, like White Lung's playing. And he, like, picks her up and knocks her into Anne-Marie's drums. And, yeah, she got, like, uh, pretty screwed up from it. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Yeah. And he doesn't remember doing it, and he doesn't remember why he would have done it. So, strange. Yeah. Mac DeMarco, this is Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, isn't it? This is another shot by Steve Louie. Could you explain what's going on here? The zoo shop. This symbolizes Vancouver, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We got my friend Cody Hicks. Looks like Joe there. Alex Calder playing with me there. This is Connor Brady's broom here, Ainsley Willow. Man, this is a nice in here, huh? What's going on? It's a zoo shop, very important. Yeah, zoo shop, yeah. It's a little, well, was it, is it still around, yeah? No, it's no longer there. No way! Oh, well, times change. It shows in the back a lot. Great place, really like that spot. And if you turn the photo over, another photo by Steve Louie. What do we have here? But make out videotape playing at Hoko's in... Yeah, in, uh... 2009. Yeah, look at that. Nice back there. Ryan Smith there. Sidney Jacobs, Scott Parsons, Evan Brasovsky, Adam Shaw. Lovely, yeah. This was with uh, Apollo Ghosts, I think, this show. I remember that. Also not the tightest show I've ever played, but great time. It's now called Lanaloo's. It's no longer called Hoko's, but it's an important place. I guess what I was trying to say is, like, Zoo Shop. Those are places that people don't always know about Vancouver, but that really is Vancouver. That's where you came from, isn't it? It is, and actually the funny thing about this is that Hoko, the man, was my landlord because the water boiler room was right across this wall right here. So, there you go. That show was actually reviewed, believe it or not, in Discorder magazine <laughs> by Sean Nelson. Quote, despite some unfortunate attempts at audience participation. 
Make Out videotape proved a cool end to a sweltering evening of musical community. Yeah, there you go. This gives me, gives me something, you know? What was the audience participation that you were doing there? Tell you the truth, I have not the foggiest clue. Do you remember what song you'd be doing? Like, your shirt is off. That, oh, this one probably looks like, I used to have a song called Heat Wave for everybody because it had a little so people like to sing that. It looks like Ira Hardy's singing it there with me, so. And if we look way in the back there, we can see John Collins from the New Pornographers, the guy with the beard. You know the New Pornographers in Vancouver? Yeah, there you go. I didn't know at the time, but that's interesting. <laughs> and that was his first date with his girlfriend, Susanna. Yeah, hope it went well. Hope I didn't ruin it for him. Well, also, actually, there's a connection between Makeout Videotape and Mac DeMarco and the New Pornographers. What is it? You want to see it? It's right here. Check out what they have, what the new pornographers have for sale or had a few years ago. Ah, uh, the, the classic rock Coke mirror. Yeah, that's nice. See, this is what I wanted mine to look like, but mine looks more like it's for like a 16-year-old's like locker, like for the inside of the, her locker or something. So but that's nice. Look at that. I think they actually did it by going to thrift shops and silkscreening them by hand. See, they got it, yeah. See, th this, I wanted a nice frame. I wanted it to look like, because the Grateful Dead and stuff had those mirrors a long time ago and stuff. So, But this, yeah, they outdid me on this one, I'll tell you. It's nice. Mac DeMarco, back in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were drumming with Makeout Videotape, you would be not drumming the next week. You always had a different drummer, didn't you, with Makeout Videotape? This is true, yep. Do you remember a show, Mac, with Ainsley on drums? Ainsley, Ainsley Willow? She was on drums, and you didn't like the way the drumming was going, so you took off your shoes and put it on the tom so there could be no more drumming. That's, that's always a nice trick, wallet or a shoe, you know? So, well, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I put them on the drums and take them all the way, but sometimes you got to dampen those puppies, you know what I'm saying? So those early gigs, make a videotape and drummers, what can you say about that? I had so many. Uh, for a while, I wanted to do, like, a big family portrait of everybody because I, I, we probably... There were some instances where I'd just call somebody and be like, yo, like, Jen doesn't want to do the show tonight. Like, can you come over and, like, do it? They'd be like, I don't know your songs, but, you know, it was okay usually, so. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I just never really had a real band, I guess. <laughs> Back to Vancouver. I mean, here we are in Vancouver. So much Vancouver. You on the cover of Discorder magazine, CITR's program guide. That's right, yeah. I got one of these at my mom's house. That's it. With AlexCalderEats.com. It is, but there's a trick to this. Actually, this is a cutout of Alex's face. Behind it is Jen Clement of the Courtney's. And if you open it up to that little annotated piece there, what do we see? If you open up your Discorder magazine, CITR's program guide? There you see Jenny. And Mac. Yeah, and a guitar my friend Marcel gave me. So that's not the guitar, is it? No, it's not. No, it's like a crazy metal guitar. It's kind of cool, though. What can you tell the people about Jen? Jen is, um, she used to play drums to me. At the time I met her, she was playing in a band called Puberty from Calgary. Um, now she's got a band called The Courtney's. Dear old buddy of mine. An important band, The Courtney's. Yeah. I haven't even seen one of these in the flesh yet, actually, because I'm on the other side of the country. But, And, you know, crazy thing about this, it ran into, uh, not sure if it was Tegan or Sarah the other day in, in Saskatoon, but it was one, they looked pretty similar. But, um... The cousins of Jen, the cousins of Jen, and I didn't realize that the Courtney's are open for Tegan and Sarah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy stuff right there. That's a big time stuff, I'll tell you. Shout out to the Courtney's and Jen. Yeah, God bless, girls. Have a good time out there. Now, also important is Pop Echo Records. What can you tell the people about Pop Echo Records and Peace, an important band as well? Yeah, this is true. This band, um, I lived with Dan and Jeff from Peace. 
when I first moved to Vancouver on Killarney and 41st Ave, way out there, way up King Kingsway, right? That's the street, yeah. And these guys, yeah, I don't know. I knew Dan from Edmonton. They're uh, sweet old friends. I've actually, maybe I'll try and hit up Dan while I'm here. I know that Jeff's little brother, Nigel, will be at the show tonight, hopefully, so well, there you go. And they're going to be opening up a record store as well called Horses on Hastings Street. Somebody was telling me Dan was doing that. I, I've been in contact with him a while, but that's amazing. For a while, Dan was talking about buying a private island, and we were all kind of like, what are you going to do on the island? He's like, I don't know. So, the record store sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Mike DeMarco in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We shoot a lot of movies here. Yeah. Your family, though, your grandfather, was he an extra in Scarface? He was. He was, yeah, in the scene where, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, I'm drawing The restaurant scene? Yeah, the restaurant scene where, you, you know, Scarface is freaking out, ah, screaming, swearing. And my grandpa, see, he's like really, he was really religious. Never met the guy who was dead before I was born, but my mom said that he was in there and, you know, looking distressed because he, like, feels very uncomfortable with uh, foul language, so. But yeah, he's in there. How did he get in and how can we spot him? Um, I don't know. I, uh, the best way to spot it is probably to watch a movie with my mom. You can hit her up on uh, at Agnes DeMarco on Facebook. But um, I don't know. I mean, he's got like big old like kind of those uh, uh, sepia tone glasses, nice black hair. But he was living in L.A. and I think uh, while well, he's he's playing sax down there and uh, took up some extra work apparently. So there you go. And your grandma also keeps four trappers in her basement? She she did at a point when I was growing up. Yeah, now my aunt's got the basement, but grandma was always a big fan of those uh, sexy trappers boys out there. Yeah. Edmonton Trappers, baseball team. That's right, yeah. Uh-huh. No longer the baseball team. What band did your mom play in? Did she play in a band? I don't know if my mom, my mom did, but my aunt played in a band called Hot City Brass uh, uh, in Minneapolis, I think, yeah. What hockey players did you go to school with? Oh. Because you're complaining about hockey players bullying you. Now's your chance. What hockey players you go to school with? Did they actually make NHL or WHL? I hope those guys are all dead, but um, let's see. I don't know. Who would it be? I don't really remember any names. I remember there was a girl. I think it was like, what is the? I don't know. Some Oilers daughter was there, and she was pretty cute. I don't remember. I think her name was Devin or something, but I don't remember her last name. But there you go. Back to Edmonton, Alberta, Mac. DeMarco. The Vertical Strats. Yeah, yeah, Raymond and Trevor. A very important band, along with the Subatomics. Subatomics, too? Yeah, lovely boys. Oh, yeah. And I have a gift for you. A Rennie Wilson coaster. This is a Rennie Wilson coaster. <laughs> now, for people who don't know, explain. Rennie Wilson, the Subatomics. This is very important to Mac DeMarco. Yeah, well, Rennie was a guy that I met when I was like, maybe 15 or so, and I was going to shows. At the time, all the kids my age were playing, like, you know, blues rock, Eric Clapton cover bands. But then Rennie came around, and he was really into, like, the Gories and, and you know, you know t- Detroit like, uh, you know, Garage Rock, and they were going nuts. Like, they were like, you know, these little, I think they were, uh, you know, straight edge at the time, but, like, they would fly around the stage playing these crappy guitars, crappy amps. They were great, though. They were really cool. And uh, I think for me, that was kind of like, hey, I could probably do that, too. So that's Randy. Now now he's doing his own thing uh, under this name, Randy Wilson, but once. And I heard he's moving to Montreal. I actually saw him in Edmonton the other day, and, uh, yes, he is, I think, but he has so much recording gear that I... He's having some kind of uh, internal dilemma about it, but he'll uh, he'll be fine, I think. Yeah. See you in Montreal, Renee. <laughs> Mac DeMarco, 108, 48, 82nd Avenue. 108, 48, 82nd Ave. Lil, 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 Lil. Who's helping you out there? <laughs> Who do we have? 
live there. This is actually one of the old drummers from Make Up Video Tape. He played some shows with me. This is Oliver. He plays in Calvin Love now, plays the bass. So he knows the store known as? Lillo's, yeah. And that's where it all started out. Please explain a little bit about that. Lillo's is uh, kind of a crazy guitar store in Edmonton. It's where I bought the guitar that I've been using from Make Up Video Tape to this point. I think they, like, dug it out of the basement. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a kooky place. Old Vic is the owner of that spot, and he's a... He's a wild old guy. Yeah. I think it's great, Mac, that you shouted out the Gories. It's great that you shout out you rep the Gories. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing. They've had a couple of albums come out since you heard them first, like that album on Third Man that came out. Uh, yeah, I've, I don't know if I've heard the new stuff, but the guy, what is it, Mick... Uh, Collins. Mick Collins. He does... What's the other band? The Dirt Bombs, right? Yeah, so I've heard some of that. I've never seen them play. I've never seen the Dirt Bombs either, but... That was one of the things with Renee. He would, he could, they got to open for the Dirt Bomb something, and I was like too young to get in the show, but they were allowed to go in because they were, you know, playing. But yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, there you go. Mac DeMarco, quote, does my life change? Uh, Drake? Yes! <laughs> Sensitive humor? What was that all about? Ah, whoa, that's a deep cut right there. That's sick. Um, my good friend Evan Prasovsky, also an Edmonton boy, He's, he made a couple of the makeup videotape videos. He's made a couple of my new videos for the new stuff. Yeah, and he's a great rapper. And now he's moved on to great things. He's doing videos for Paul McCartney. He did a Lana Del Rey video. He's a, an amazing director of photography, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's crazy you have that. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, gold F. Mac DeMarco, thank you, Calgary. Fast forward. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Calgary. Look at that, eh? <laughs> this is by my friend Nicole, who played in a band called Puberty with Jen, who we were talking about in the Courtney's. Yeah, so. Cover story by Josiah Hughes. Josiah, yeah, from the Grown Ups. But thank you, fast forward, because you took this design, didn't you? Yeah, my label loved this, and they use it a lot for all kinds of stuff. So, and it's great. You know, look at Nicole's uh, drawing. Very nice. Very cool. Yeah. Now I noticed Nicole also plays in a band called Friendo. Yeah, I don't know if Friendo are playing anymore, but Friendo was a great band. Yeah. And you played with them in LRT Tunnel, an LRT Tunnel. Do you remember that gig at all? I do. Yeah, it was after Women played a show at the Empress in Edmonton, and then we decided to go to the LRT. And I think we both ended up playing more or less a set. But then when I went on, the cops were trying to like take the microphone away and stuff. So, but yeah, it was uh, it was great. That was a good day actually. Mac, what's the end of the world? End of the world is uh, a road called Keeler Road in the uh, neighborhood of Bar what is it, Belgravia in Edmonton that collapsed into the river. So this is like jagged cliff that just goes off and it just falls down into the river. Yeah, we play a show there too. You're probably gonna say, huh? Yeah, and there were helicopters with searchlights. Yeah, it felt like like a U2 music video. Like all of you were at that show too, weren't you? Yeah, you know, but it was like you know. And the light, and we're like, yeah, man, like first tour ever. Day off from touring with the Japan Droids, we're like, yeah, man, this is like so badass. And it was kind of badass, so there you go. So the helicopters came, and then kids ran away? Uh, we dispersed it, yeah, eventually, yeah. But uh, yeah, the cops started coming down, the helicopters, and the cops were like, this is not happening. So but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool, really cool. And Corin from Purity Ring was at that gig. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, she got the window of her car smashed by an ice pack from some fans running away. Yeah, well, not my problem. <laughs> Would you like to apologize at all to her? Well, uh, I think anybody that was at that show are my friends as well as hers, so 
don't pin that crap on me. Uh. Love you though. Good, you know what up? <laughs> Mike DeMarco, what's Spree Park? Spree Park. Well, that's an old thing too. That was a guy named Eric. I think it's Cheng and Marshall. I don't remember Marshall's last name, but I used to work with Marshall at Starbucks in Edmonton, and they had a band called Spree Park, and it was that they had written this album. I think they, it was like a play they were working on, and they had written it. It was kind of like a, yeah, I guess like a musical play, but they got a whole bunch of bands from Edmonton to cover their songs. So when I was in a band called Belgium, <laughs> we we covered some of their songs. Yeah. Mac DeMarco, what's the importance of music waste in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Music waste. This, I remember moving to Vancouver and I knew about music waste already and I was like, oh man, it would be pretty cool to play music waste, you know, that'd be pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, we ended up getting a chance to, so, yeah, it's just a great, fun festival. And, you know, at the time when I was, uh, maybe they still do it this way, but it was like uh, all Vancouver bands and like bands that play like every week, but it was like a festival and for some reason it was like always really special and it was really fun. And they take your photo, and here's your photo as taken by Sarah Cornelly from the Music Waste Program Guy. Look at that. I look like my little brother there. That is so cute. <laughs> and on the back, who do we have? We've got Walter TV. My boys. And I was curious, when did you meet Walter TV? When did you first, like the actual meeting? I met him on a rooftop on Davie Street. My friend Ira was having a party. And I met Pierce and Joe. And uh, I didn't meet Simon until later. But yeah, because we had a show booked together. I think Tristan Orchard had done the show or something. And it was kind of like the interaction was like, hey, man, like, uh, we're playing a show together. Like, I'm going to make a videotape. And they're like, yeah, cool. We're in Walter TV. But then things moved over eventually. But, you know. What an amazing moment. <laughs> it was all right, I'll tell you. <laughs> and you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia? Canada. Mac de Marco. Mike DeMarco, another Vancouver thing. Wendy 13, Funky Winker Beans, the Cobalt, Wendy 13. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I ever really met Wendy, but she was around, I guess. But yeah, the, it's, it's, it's a shame. Well, I guess I haven't been to the... I like the Cobalt now because it has a lot of pinball machines, but uh, it definitely was a different place back when I first got here, so... The Victory Square Block Party. Yeah, that's, I played that once, too. That was a big, that was like a monumental thing. Because when I first, I think when I actually first moved here, one of the first things I did, I went to see the evaporators at the Victory Square Block Party. So it was kind of like, this is crazy, man. Then a couple years later, rocking that stage myself. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. And then I saw you at the Catsilano Festival. That's right. A strange show. We, uh, car broke down in the mountains, so we were playing on, uh, uh, yeah, I think we'd been up for maybe 40, 40 or 50 hours, so that was strange, but fun as well, yeah. But you really took it extra, because after the Catsilano, didn't you go to an after party at 360 Glen and keep on partying? That's incredible, Mac. Yeah, that was that was strange. I remember going in, we, I loaded all our gear into 360 to play, and uh, my whole band was completely passed out in the back of my car, and trying to wake them up was like... Uh, it was one of the harder things I've done in my life, probably, yeah. Like, you went on at 4 a.m. That was in absolutely insane, yeah. After already playing a gig in that long drive as well. Yeah, it was a weird idea, weird idea on my part, but it was, it was fun, yeah. But it's great you had a place to play. Like, Vancouver always has these great, interesting places like 360 Glen to play. That's right, yeah. And then you had a place to stay. Izzy, tell the people about Izzy. Izzy Ford, old friend of mine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I started meeting Izzy at shows. She's always uh, been a good homie. My gay husband. Jason, what's up? Yeah, yeah. 
He's a good guy too. Did a lot of sh for us. It was like Jason shows. He's like, Mac, you want to do Glory Days? It's like, man, like, yes. It was like you're paying your whole rent from one show. That was like, boo. That was crazy. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Do you remember doing a gig at Mime School in L.A. where you got your Sonic Youth T-shirt stolen? Yeah. Yeah. At uh, Justin Justin Graydon's spot. Um, I remember it was really sweaty, and we played. And then I t wore one of the Walter TV tour merch shirts. And then when I went to get the Sonic Youth shirt back, gone. And my friend Scott gave me that shirt for my birthday. And I looked on eBay the other day, actually, at those shirts, those dirty shirts, original tour shirts. They're like 500 bucks on eBay. So somebody either really liked Sonic Youth or knew how much they were worth on the internet. You know what I'm saying? And then you ended up partying really hard at night and people wanted to kill you because you partied too hard. How much is too much partying? Oh, um, maybe... I don't know if they wanted to kill us because of... Well, maybe. Uh, maybe I could have been... Probably made an idiot of myself. It was like a first time in L.A. But I remember we were sleeping in our RV because we were touring in that. And this guy came up and tapped on the window. And we were, Pierce got up and he was like, Hey, what's up? The guy was like, Wrong neighborhood, man. Like, you gotta move unless you want to die. And we were like, Okay. So we moved and we didn't die. Mike DeMarco, what's the longest crowd surf you've ever done? Like, you've gone over barriers and stuff. You've done some, like, long ones. I mean, like, going over barriers, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, the longest one, I think, is probably we played a festival called Normal in Monterey, Mexico. And it wasn't even, the cr like, I wasn't surfing across the crowd. It was maybe just, like, 10 or 12 kids that were just holding me up. But it was a giant place, like a giant field, and they walked me all the way to the back fence. Then when we got there, I was kind of like, oh, I guess we got to go back. It was probably, like, you know, 10 minutes or something, yeah. But there's also a set of footage of you at the Mohawk in Austin, Texas, where you're going over different levels. Like, I love that. Like, did you go over an actual level? Yeah, it was like, oh, well, I went out in the crowd, and then I grabbed the, because uh, they have the, the second tier or whatever. So I went up there, went over, they surfed me around up there, then we went down the stairs, then down the other stairs, then back in the middle for a bit, then back on the stage. That one is probably even longer, actually. That was a good one. I liked that one, yeah. And you've also stage-dived onto the stage, too, haven't you? Like, you've stage-dived onto the stage. That was, yeah, I think the one time I remember that happening was in Santa Ana at the conservatory, or the, yeah, or no, the, I don't know what it's called, the, I think it's called the conservatory, but, um, or observatory, observatory, that's what it is. But, yeah, it was a lot of those, like, crazy young burger kids, like, oh, my God, you know, and they rushed the stage, so there were a billion kids up on the stage, stepping all over everything. At that point, yeah, I just kind of went up and while I was surfing on the stage and kind of did this nice like waterfall move down to the regular crowd. It was strange, but really cool. Those kids know how to get amped up, I'll tell you. Mac DeMarco, who is Joe Meek? Joe Meek is an amazing recording, he's like a yeah, recording technician, sort of uh, did some kind of his own recordings in the 60s um, from the UK. He, he like invented compression and did a lot of different uh, strange... Uh, you know, techniques with the BBC, and they were not into it. But now, now it's like, you know, people are like, ah, oh, yeah, the idea the whole time. So he's amazing. Well, I have a gift for you, Mac DeMarco, an original Joe Meek artifact. Oh. It's the sheet music for Ice Cream Man by the Tornadoes that you possibly can cover. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And I was thinking about that. Covering Joe Meek, do you think you might do it? Are you into covering some Tornadoes? That'd be cool, yeah. I mean... I think the thing for if we played it, it would just sound like maybe like a high school cover band or something. The thing about the recordings Joe did is they're so like punched up and like crazy and thick sounding. So maybe if we did it right, but um, yeah, maybe you never know. I don't know how to read sheet music, but I can uh, learn now, I guess. <laughs> but other record stores, Mac, Blackbird Music. Yeah, yeah, Blackbird was in there a lot when I was younger. We used to go to Valley Village and 
and steal the like uh, you know kind of alternative CDs that were in nice enough shape to get store credit at the store and then uh, get records that way and uh, yeah it was a, it's a nice little store and Red Cat in Vancouver British Columbia Canada and Zulu yeah Red Cat I think that was the one I, I brought Heatwave to and I brought him like seven copies and like two or three weeks later he's like yo man we sold out and I was like oh my god like that's amazing so yeah Zulu too yeah I don't know that's on Fourth Avenue, home at a block party. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, love those spots. Yeah. Thank you, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, thank you, Case, my dog. Yeah. Why Lexington, Kentucky? What's the importance of Lexington, in t- Kentucky? Uh, we, we were on tour, Dirty Beaches, down. Make a videotape was down to. Uh, we were kind of doing all these weird spots in, in the U.S. and the Midwest, and we did uh, Lexington. And Case, uh, who plays in a band called Streetnar. It was his brother's skate park. We played at this place. He played with us. He, like, had us stay, got us food from his restaurant. Really nice, nice guy. Um, and I left, some, left him some uh, CDs or whatever. And eventually he moved to Brooklyn and uh, ended up working at uh, Co-op 87, which is a record store owned by Mike Sniper, who runs Capture Tracks and a couple other people, too. Um, and he was playing Rock and Roll Nightclub. On the computer, I think, in the store, Mike walks in. He was kind of like, like, oh, what's this? And then I get a weird email being like, tell me about your album. So one thing leads to another, kids. That's how she goes. Yeah. And also, thank you, Bandcamp. Was it on Bandcamp? Yeah, thanks, Bandcamp. Actually, I make a lot of money off Bandcamp still, so thank you. <laughs> Quote, what mom don't know has taken a toll on me. Mac DeMarco, does mom know that you were trying to forge a letter that allowed you to take her RV over the border? Probably not. Or maybe, no, actually, I think she probably does. See, the thing is, I don't really keep anything from my mom. And when something like that comes up where she's like, I don't know if I could get you the letter idea, you know, it's kind of like, she let me skip school and stuff in high school all the time, so... She probably, I mean, maybe, I don't, she probably doesn't remember, but maybe, you never know. So, did the letter work, or did Internet Becky come to the rescue? Becky came, yeah, Becky, <laughs> Becky Sandler, she came and uh, drove my little Ford Escort down across the border with all the gear in it, and um, I kind of explained to her that the radiator didn't work, so it was, like, constantly overheating and, like, smoke was billowing into it, but yeah, she was a little bit freaked out by that, I think, so... <laughs> Did you ever play an art show where you were doused in mushrooms by a model? Doused in mushrooms by a model? Oh! We didn't play it, but that was the very first time I ever went to New York. Well, that's really crazy. Maybe Brandon told you that? I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we went to this show. It was like a photography show, and this girl, Myla, was like, hey, you guys want me and, me and Alex, the kid that was playing drums and makeup videotape, she's like, you guys want some chocolate? And we're like, yeah, sure, yeah. And we started eating this chocolate. Man, man, this chocolate is like, what is it, like really rich or something? It tastes so bad. She's like, ha, <laughs> We're like, what's so funny? She's like, it's got mushrooms in it. And I was like 18 at the time, never had taken magic mushrooms before. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, and in New York with these like fancy art people that I like, had, you know, I was very nervous, very scared by the big city, but and also like, some may say, I, I don't usually ever use a sock. I just kind of, like, leave it on the floor of the Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> What's it like shitting in the shower? Uh, that's, a, well, yeah, that's a strange one, too. Actually, we were talking about Dan and Nigel and, and uh, Jeff, uh, the Peace Guys and stuff. When I lived with them, I got real sick, and it was like I was having the squirts, and I was, like, really feverish, and, oh, so terrible. But I went to the shower at one point, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sh- I mean, it's like shitting anywhere else except you're standing up, so that's kind of weird. It gets all over your legs and stuff. It w- helps if it's liquid, because if it's not, you got to push it down the drain hole, you know what I mean? 
times have you shitted in a plastic bag? Because that's important to shit in a plastic bag. Uh, I don't know how many times. I remember doing it pretty vividly on a the first tour we went to. It uh, went on. I think it was in like a Lay's potato chip bag or something like that. I don't know why. I mean, we could have just pulled the car over, but for some reason that tour was just kind of like. And we were late for every show too. It's not like we were in a rush. It was like we just. I don't know. We're weird young kids on a road trip, so. But that's not that weird, though, because, you know, bands and buses, you can't shit on the bus, right? I didn't know that. So you have to shit in a? In a bag. So you were just paving the way for future success, Mac DeMarco. So that means Phoenix is pooping in plastic bags on their tour bus? Totally. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Did Phoenix hear of you through Jason Schwartzman? That's the. That's what they told me. I, I don't know if they told me. Someone said that, um, which is like pretty amazing to me because I've been watching the movies my whole life. So, yeah, I don't know if that's true. That's amazing. I think. I think that maybe Bronco told me that at one point. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mike DeMarco, what can you tell the people about Love Unlimited? Walking in the rain with the one I love. This is a great album. This is. Oh, I don't have this one either. This is great. This is like. Um, I guess it's uh, kind of like a Motown. I don't know if they're actually on Motown. They must, yeah, maybe they are. I don't know. A little insert there. You can open it up and check it out. What can you tell the people about Love Unlimited? How did you discover them, and why did you like the tune? This song, actually, well, the, the Walking in the Rain song, my friend Alex Calder did, uh, they played make a videotape. He used to kind of do chop, chopped up uh, reworkings of, like, disco stuff. So he used that song, and I was like, man, that song is amazing. So that's how I first heard about it. eventually got the album, and it's... Um, it's great. Like, every song starts with, like, the girl and the guy being like, baby, like... Or it's usually the girl, but then they sometimes the guy like, I miss you, girl, like, you know, and it's, it's just this very romantic talk intro to, like, every track, which is, like, ridiculous, but yeah, I love it, yeah, so... Well, there you go. Mac DeMarco, you also love this record, don't you? Paul McCartney, Ram! Yeah! Quite a bit. I was actually sound-checking that long-haired... No, what is it, uh... Eight tracks, maybe some jamming. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I've, I've met Paul, but I think it was like a very, uh, very. I don't know. He said it was amazing, but it's kind of like you know, you gotta imagine how many people Paul McCartney meets. You know. You met him? Oh, I didn't meet him. No, no, no. But Evan did, and he said he wept, which is beautiful. No. Have another gift for you, Mac DeMarco, right here. It's the Wipers, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Because you know, in Vancouver, we rep Vancouver a lot. You know, being from Pacific Northwest, we also got a rep. Portland, Oregon. What is about the wipers? How'd you get into the wipers? Why'd you like the wipers? I think the wipers, how did I get into the wipers? I think my guitar player now, Peter, he showed them to me in Edmonton at some point. Or maybe it was, yeah, but I remember getting really into them when I lived up on Killarney Street and I would ride my bike around, but I didn't listen to Youth America. Which album was I listening to? Uh, Over the Edge. I would just bust it in my headphones, get on the bike, cruise way north to like where that, you know, canal is or whatever. But yeah, you know, Rome, Romeo. It goes there. Loved it. Loved it a lot. So, I don't know, ever since then. Reminds me of Vancouver, and reminds me that uh, rock and roll is uh, pimp-ass. Yeah. And some more pimp-ass Greg Sage fun for you. Another gift for you, Mac DeMarco. It's a 7-inch by Beauregard, where Greg Sage of the Wipers plays guitar from 1971, and Beauregard's <laughs> orchestify proto-punk from 71. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> the video on YouTube for Testify and Greg Sage of the Wipers plays guitar. This is him in 1971 playing guitar for this wrestler, Beauregard. Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much. Possibly another song you might be able to cover? We could give it a shot. The Tornadoes and Beauregard. How would that go over, do you think? Well, I think that our audience now, since they're 
pretty young kids would have no idea what we were playing, but hopefully we could we could turn them on to some stuff, yeah. That's what I was curious. You play Taking Care of Business. Does anybody not know Taking Care of Business? Does people go up to you afterwards like, hey, that's a great song you wrote? Well, the way we present it, I think they know that we're joking around a little bit, but uh, most of the time they know exactly what we're talking about. But some parts of Europe, they're kind of like, hmm, very interesting, very interesting song. So, I don't know, depends. You're not afraid of Tool, are you? No, not at all. Where do you draw the line? Um, I don't know. I don't want anybody to be offended or hurt, I guess. But other than that, all's, all's fair. Are you afraid you might offend Fred Durst at all? Because you've done Limp Biscuit. Fred Durst has been offending me my whole life, so he deserves one. You know what I'm saying? But what else if he shows up at a gig because he knows that you do the tune and then he wants to jam with you? That would be a dream come true, pretty much. That would be very strange. Would you like to address the camera for that wish? Hey, Fred, uh, anytime you want to pick up the old axe and slap a couple chords around, I'm uh, waiting for you, buddy. Mac DeMarco, are you up on the various other salad days that are out there? Yeah, I know that, uh, well, Minor Threat had a salad days. I think Young Marble Giants, I don't know if it was an album or if it was just a song. Um, and you mentioned her name, Minor Threat, and I have a gift for you from Ian Mackay of Minor Threat Fugazi, the salad days EP by? Minor Threat. By Minor Threat. Very cool. And I contacted Ian, and I said, hey, Ian, there's a guy called Mac DeMarco. Yeah? And he has a song called Salad. Days. And you have a song called Salad. Days. Could you tell me about your Salad Days? And he said, quote, I can't recall where I first came across the term Salad Days, but I do remember never having heard of it before. Definitely an idiom not common to these parts. I also remember thinking that as unpunk as Salad was in 1983, the concept would work for a lyric. That's, that's amazing. That's what he said about Salad Days. What do you say about Salad Days? It's pretty similar. Uh, definitely an idiom that was not, you know, common to, to me or my friend group, uh, except for my friend Victor, who was in one of the photos earlier. He was saying it, uh, and I thought it was a brand new term, you know. But turns out it's from Antony and Cleopatra by Shakespeare, so... Very old, but uh, interesting to me. Yeah. Ian McKay also said there's a great skit on YouTube, Sam Peckinpah's Salad Days by Monty Python. Okay, I'll have to check it out. And also, there's a punk movie coming out called Salad Days, all about DC punk rock. <laughs> Crazy. More salad. More salad, the better. And speaking of food and stuff, the Macumentary Mac, where did you get the food in the Macumentary? That was at a place called the White Hotel in Brooklyn. The guy that shot the documentary bought like a $4,000 meal for us. Because he thought, you know, there's that TV show, Deadliest Catch or something, where they all sit around the table at the end. And they're all like, uh, uh, you know, uh, we got all this food. And he thought we, he, he wanted to do something like that, uh, you know, have us rejoicing after the album has been completed or whatever. And it was just all this crazy rich food and really nice alcohol. And it was just a very strange time, but it was really fun. But do you know specifically what restaurants it was from? Like if people want to recreate it? Oh, I think it was at, there's a restaurant in the basement of the Wythe Hotel. So there you go. Hit it up. Mac, do you like double pizza in Montreal? No, I hate double pizza. I noticed on one of those Capture Track promos at the end, they give out the double pizza phone number and says it's you. That's right, yeah. I got those bastards back, I'll tell you. Because they, I used to go, there was one on my block on Van Horn, down the street at least, and the guys in there were so rude, they did not give a crap. They were, nah, we don't like you, you know, every time me and my bass player pick 50, 60 calls, hopefully, suck on that, double pizza, bastard. There you go. Mac, dead cats. Did you take dead cats to a pet cemetery? Uh, I worked at a at a uh, 
at a veterinary clinic, so it was like I was around the the dead animals quite a bit. Yeah, um, I didn't really do too much disposing of them, but sometimes I'd come in the back, you know, kind of room like this, and there'd be like a dog or a cat, like uh, just dead. Yeah. What roads did you work on in Vancouver? Because like you worked on roads, so if people want to visit the roads and visit your handiwork. Those, ro those roads were in Edmonton, I think. Uh, I never did road crew here, but I did do some other weird jobs. But in Edmonton, I don't know. Where did I? Like, what can people look at to inspect the job you did? <laughs> There's a road in front of the A and W by Capilano Mall. I remember working on that one. Other than that. That's in West Vancouver, North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. No, no, in, in Edmonton. I never did it in Vancouver. There's a Capilano Mall in Edmonton? Oh, uh -huh, yeah, yeah. It's a, a weird, weird place, yeah. Well, there's a Capilano Mall in North Van, and there's an A&W there, too. Maybe I worked on that road, too. You're going to have to go see how I did. <laughs> if you go check that out, you can see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't very good at my job at all. Mac DeMarco, 360. Glenn. That's an interesting after-hours place. Do you remember playing there with Grimes on New Year's Eve 2010? Uh, yeah. Long time ago. I think we actually played after Grimes too, which is like kind of kind of funny because now she's very very famous. Yeah. Well, so are you? I mean, it's pretty cool. You're playing the Vogue here in Vancouver, and you were playing with Grimes at 360. That's pretty amazing. Grimes and Mac DeMarco, New Year's Eve 2010. Vancouver had it pretty good, didn't we? Yeah, it was a fun time. I'll tell you, it was good. What was Grimes like back then? Did you talk to her? I had just met her around that point in time, but I got to know her a little bit in Montreal. Uh, yeah, Montreal, but I never knew her too well. But she's a nice girl. And Claire. She used to live with my friend Marilis, so I'd see her every once in a while. I think she lives in L.A. now, so there you go. Mac DeMarco, have you put Veronica Venosa on the guest list at all? <laughs> I wish. I wish, Veronica. I don't know. I, I don't even know what country she lives in. I think she's like Russian or Eastern European, but she's always been my girl. Mac DeMarco, one last, 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 last gift for you by Sarah Hughes, the documentary Tubby Doc, all about Tubby... Uh, a dog. Tubby dog in Calgary. What are your tubby dog memories? You played with like stand-up comedians there. This is an important place for people that don't know, right? Yeah, we played a tubby dog. Must have been a couple times. I definitely had a lot of dogs from there. We actually saw Sarah the other day in uh, in Calgary. But tubby dog, great place, great place because it's all ages. So you know, uh, good opportunity for you know kids that can't come to the funky bar show to come out and uh, really insane hot dogs. And uh, I don't know. I've always had a good time when we played there. It's been all right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mac DeMarco. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? God bless you. Love your mom. Hope you're having a good day. Why should people care about Mac DeMarco? Why should they care? I don't know. You don't have to. But if you feel like it, I'm uh, right here with open arms, baby. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mac DeMarco. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. Yeah. Yeah.